Thanks for checking out the Ideal Impact Podcast, where we discuss five key skills and the impact they can have on your life as well as some major issues in society. You ready to get after it? We're live. Yeah, it was it was it's milder. Mild. It was yeah. milder than normal, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So we are on today with our friend Willow, and um, to give everybody a little bit of background on how this conversation started, I made a video on social media. Man, this was probably a month and a half ago or so. And I was curious to have somebody on the show because we like having deep conversations, interesting conversations with interesting people about interesting topics. Something going on right now that we see a lot of in the media, on social media especially, um, is kind of the transgender movement and what's going on in society with that. And Willow was awesome enough to reach out to us, um, share his story <laughs> with us. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation and this is your first time, you know, doing anything like this, being on a podcast. So, um, thank you for, for reaching out to me. Thank you for coming on. And I know that it's not easy to do these things for the first time. I remember I was on my first podcast when I worked at my W2 job and I knew it wasn't going to anywhere besides just in the company. And I thought I did a great job and I listened back to it and I'm like, man, I said, um, and, uh, and I was stuttering and I'm like, oh man. So it's just a conversation, nothing to be concerned with, nothing to be nervous about. And I'm pretty good at editing too. So if we do mess anything up, I can just take it out. So that, that should be some reassurance for you as well. <laughs> so yeah, if you wanted to go ahead and introduce yourself and then tell us your story, tell us, you know, kind of about growing up and, and lead us up until today. Absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for having me. I was actually really excited to see that video, um, especially with you guys being in Ohio, because I'm from West Virginia. Um, so I, I moved out to Denver in 2017. Um, and so, you know, growing up in West Virginia, and especially being born female, a lot of my life, funny enough, was very gendered, especially my family. Like, um, I wasn't allowed to hunt and things like that. Like that was something that was very specific. You know, we had very specific gender roles. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't have any of this terminology. Like I had never heard the term transgender. Um, funny enough, there was a person in my hometown who was born male who would dress, um, in women's clothing. And I have never had a conversation with this human being. So I don't know if they were transgender before transgender was out there in public and out there in the media. But I have this memory of being a kid and my mom specifically um, showing me this person and specifically saying to me, um, this person was born ma male, but when you see them out in a dress, call them she. And this person is valid, just like you and I. Um, so I was lucky enough to have a mother who was very much about love is love. Um, everyone is equal and uh, it doesn't matter what you were coming from. But despite that, it still took me a really, really long time to accept who I was as a human being. Um, because still... 
um, you know, I grew up in church and I grew up with these concepts of man and woman and what those definitions very much were. Um, so it took me qu quite a journey to get to where I am now. Um, part of that journey, um, I actually have a lot of other transgender individuals in my life. Um, so I, I think it was kind of um, this interesting happenstance, um, if you want to call it that, that when I was in high school, I started dating someone. Um, they ended up being my high school sweetheart. We got married. Um, but part of why we kind of complimented each other was because um, I brought very masculine qualities and they brought very feminine qualities, even though they were born male and I was born female. Um, so my introduction to being transgender was actually through my um, ex-wife mm -hmm. um, who started transitioning first. Um, and that was how I came across the term at all. And I remember um, when I first heard this term um, and first got told that the person that I was with, who at the time I had known as male, uh, you know, we'd been together for a very long time at that point, um, wanted to be a female. I remember being very, very, like it took me a long time to process that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of understand why there's a lot of um, people who just don't kind of understand and because it's outside of what we were taught and right. outside of like the, the experience that one has. Um, looking back now, uh, there was a lot of signs for me. Like all of my friends were male. You know, I didn't really have female friends. Uh, I didn't give two shits about wearing makeup or doing <laughs> my hair, you know, yeah. um, or any of that. Like I wanted to be outside in the dirt. Um, I begged my uncles to take me hunting. I mean, like literally begged. Um, I wanted to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to do, you know, what the boys did. Um, and so I, I have a quick question there that you say yeah. that. So something that I, I've, I've heard other people say, and I've thought about myself, did you have anybody at that point in time? So when you were younger and you were showing kind of like signs of, you know, the, like you said, the, the more masculine energy was anybody like, Oh, there, you're just a tomboy. Like, was oh, that ever, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Got My it. mother would say that all the time. <laughs> oh, she's just a tomboy. She'll grow out of it. Um, I used to actually, my cousins, my, my female cousins would actually try to teach me how to be a girl, like all the time. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was definitely, cause that was the only terminology we had for it. Right. Tomboy. Right. The right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, and you also mentioned that you grew up in the, the church, like, was that now like once you made the decision and I, I mean, if I'm saying that wrong, but like once you realized that you wanted to transition, were you still a part of the church? And, and if so, like, how did how did that go? Because I feel like in the church and at least from my own experiences, everyone, it, it's like preached about acceptance and love and all this stuff. But in reality, there's a lot of the opposite that comes from religion and not just Christianity, but any religion. There's a lot of judgment that comes with that. If somebody isn't living the same values 
that they do in the church. So, you know, can you share that experience with us if there, if there was one? Um, so I actually had long, um, kind of given up that aspect of myself, um, because I, I saw that when I was really young, um, that there wasn't the level of acceptance that was necessarily supposed to be there. Um, so I had stopped going to church, stopped attending those kind of things when I was like 12 or 13. And that also came to, that was when a lot of things that I was struggling with started happening too, because that's when, you know, you really, you know, puberty is when you, you know, you start to see, um, and the only experience I've had with that is <clears throat> kind of my family who, funny enough, I don't remember a lot of them attending church. I remember attending church a lot more than, um, but holding that against me um, as like, well, that's against what God said. Um, so a lot of my extended family, that was the message that I received, um, both when my ex-wife came out and when I came out. Um, and that vicariously through my mom now. Um, so I've kind of kept myself safe from that scenario. Um, that there are churches here in the, in Colorado in the Denver area um, that are more inclusive, that open their doors to a gay and transgender individuals. Um, and I, I've attended like one time um for me it's still not something that like religion itself is not something um spirituality that i i get behind but religion is is not something that i've delved into but so i've gotten it vicariously like through my family of this message still that like that's outside of you know mm -hmm. um god's word yeah yeah and that's oh randy sorry go ahead i was gonna add, like how long ago like when did this like when you made the transition how long ago was it how old were you when you did this um okay so when i officially came out as transgender um that was in 2018 so let's not too long ago yeah five no, years ago really which not. is i'm i have to think because i sometimes i'm like 2018 that was like last year and then i'm like crap <laughs> <laughs> it's 2023 yeah so five so years it hasn't ago. been that long yeah. um and so part of my particular journey um is i had gastric bypass so i um and and i didn't come out until after i left west virginia so i had learned the term transgender. I'd supported my ex-wife through her transition. Um, but then we separated and I made the decision to travel and get outside of my home state, which had always been a dream for mine. Um, and it took a lot of the universe kind of like telling me that I wasn't accepting myself before I was able to, to do so. And I think that was a lot because of the message that there was something wrong with me. Um, and even now, you know, there's this very, um, you know, you see, especially on social media um, and even in like what we're seeing with the, the country and people being so adamant um, about the, the opinions on whether or not, you know, sharing bathrooms and you know those kind of things um you get this message that there's something wrong with you you know that um you're delusional or you know there's you're and we've seen that through 
ages with you know being queer in general and being gay and bisexual and things like that um so i it took me a long time and took a lot of the universe like i i went traveling right so here i am um at the time female in my car by myself driving across country um and i ended up at a girl scout camp and at the time like that for work and there was a transgender um, man that was working there, young, like 17 years old at the time. And um, he came up to me one day and said, oh, by the way, Willow, uh, what are your pronouns? And up until that, that point, I had never been asked that before. Mm -hmm. And so, I kind of quickly answered the way that my brain had always thought, like she. But then I felt this, um, just something inside of me be like, that was wrong, that was the wrong answer. And so I had to really evaluate that. And part of my journey too was um, because I had had gastric bypass and like I had had this message of um, the reason why I wasn't comfortable in my body was because I was a large female. Um, because I, I will tell you uh, that society doesn't exactly treat large females uh, great either. Right. Uh, um, so, but after I lost weight, I still didn't feel comfortable and confident in my body. Um, so that was also a part of my journey was um, my weight loss surgery kind of allowed me to um, understand more of that disconnect that I had with myself and I I've had a friend kind of um say it like we we have um a lot of experiences especially growing up in like the south or growing up and not being able to talk about it um or to have like this idea that you could be different um, it, it takes a lot to understand, um, as an adult, like what you need and who you are as a, a human, um, when the conversation hasn't been there before. So yeah. I, I'm really glad that it's, it really is, even though there is that such strong opinions about it, at least the conversation is happening. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing is just have conversations about it. Like, and, and not just this, I mean, anything, and the more that people on either side, if it's a topic that has a side or one opinion or the other, like let's have open conversations and try to understand each other because I feel that a lot of anger, hate comes from a place of, it's like a lack of understanding. It's a lack of knowledge. And the more that we can have open conversations, the better we can understand. And a lot of that anger and hate, not all of it, you know, some people just that that's how they are, unfortunately, but some of it will go away. And, but that's the problem. And that's where social media is such an issue is because it's so easy to sit there and beat somebody up, assault them verbally when it's behind a keyboard and it's behind the protection of a screen. And it's like, typically that's not how those conversations go in person. Typically I'm not going, and I, I try not to do that regardless, but you know, speaking in generalities is typically that's not how the conversation is going to go in person. Like you're going to actually try to listen, understand there was a doctor. So Dr. Phil was on Joe Rogan and he had 
he used an example where he had like these super conservative college students and super liberal college students and they were like fighting on social media and he brought them together and just forced them to look each other in the eyes for like five minutes straight which is a very long time when you're not talking you're just looking somebody in the eye and then they were like he was like what what did you realize and they're like that they're actually this is another human being on the other side of this conversation even though it's through a computer that's a human being and they were able to, you know, maybe not agree with each other, but at least understand each other and acknowledge the fact that, hey, this is just a human being. Like, I don't need to be so aggressive and come across with so much hate. So, yeah, I think the communication is key there. Um, Randy, did you have something? I don't know if I jumped in front of you there. No, no, I completely agree with what you said. A lot of people, when they don't understand something, they just say they don't agree with it. And then they just push it off and they they don't ever open their mind and have a conversation to see where that person's coming from. And if you yeah. would actually talk to that person, you might learn something. Exactly. And we yeah. can resolve so many, like when we talk about politics and stuff like that, we could actually resolve some of these issues that we see as a society at, uh, from a political point of view and come together. But it's just, we're so divided and it, it just, it sucks to see that. One question that I had for you was, so I'm, I'm a very big person, like, and why I identify with the Libertarian Party politically is I'm very big on live and let live. Like, if I'm not hurting you and you're not hurting me, like, I really don't care what you do. But one thing that does, like, I I lean farther one way on is when I see minors going through transition surgery, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, that's such a big life changing decision when it comes who's so young and i know for you you'd made that decision as an adult so how do you feel on that topic like i it sounds like you kind of knew at an early age but you didn't fully like make the decision or have that realization until you were a, an adult like you had been married you know you had gone through you had have a lot of life experience so what are your feelings on that portion so it's very complicated when it comes to children and that's, yeah, that's a hard that's, that's a hard that's a big question so <laughs> it is no no um so my thing is is that there is there's not going to be a kid out there who is telling you that they're transgender and not mean it um and i i firmly believe that we kind of we we're, we're born knowing who we are and it's a little bit of society and like um programming for lack of a better word that teaches us to be be different than that however um i understand the argument about not making like like surgeries um are huge Mm -hmm. surgeries themselves are something that you i feel like you do need a lot of life experience to understand the gravity of the situation that you're putting yourself through Mm -hmm. um I think that it needs to be a collaborative effort between the the parents and the child um, because they're going to be the ones that understand their child the most. Um, and we do know that being able to transition and being able to transition um, early it is actually really good for mental health um, because imagine this is how I could get somebody to think about this. Imagine if you ended up yourself, because I assume, maybe I'm assuming you identify as male, correct? Yep. 
imagine if when you were going through puberty, instead of growing your beard or getting your facial hair and going through those changes that you were expecting, you started uh, going through the changes of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Um, that experience itself can be very traumatic, which is why I'm a huge, huge proponent of the puberty blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can put that off until they are um, mentally better in a better position of um, being able to understand the decisions that they're making as far as their body goes. Because outside of that, then you just have to go through um, whatever it is that your body is is going to go through. And um, for someone who feels very, very masculine or very, very feminine, um, to start experiencing puberty itself um, literally is trauma. It like literally is like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and those are changes that a lot of times you can't get back. You really can't. Um, and that's, I know that's an argument against there for some people against like starting testosterone or starting hormonal treatment when you're young, because those are changes that you can't get back. But that's something that happens regardless, right? Like we, we all go through puberty. Um, so if someone is incredibly adamant that this is not the puberty that they need to go through, um, their mental health is going to be way more important than the physical changes. Um, because mental health wise, we, a lot of us struggle so, so hard to just make it through that period of our lives. Um, so many of us that I know have been suicidal, um, had mental health diagnoses, just a lot of that experience um, was very, very, very hard for us. Um, so if, if you can make the choice to make a kid's life um, slightly better by just allowing them to do what they're adamant that they need to do, then I say do it. Yeah, I, I like the way that you explain that there. And one thing, so our, we have a friend, Brian, who's also on the show with us, but he couldn't make it today. And he and I recorded an episode. So it was just him and I, Randy wasn't able to make that um, uh, show. And we were basically like trying to come up with a scenario where we disagreed with each other regardless of what the topic was. Right. But everything I kept bringing up, I'm like, I'm like, I know that we agree with this. So I played the role of somebody who thought it was a good idea to allow, um, a minor to transition. And then he was sharing his, and I brought this up. I'm like, well, what, and somebody brought this up to me on social media and I had never thought about it that way. And they're like, well, what if it saves their life? Like, what if that person is suicidal and they truly like will take their life if they can't go through this and become who they feel that they are. Right. And I'm like, damn, like that's a really good point and something that I had never considered before. And I brought that up to Brian and he's like, he like basically had, he's like, I, I don't know. He's like, I don't know how to answer that. He's like, because that's, that's something that I had never thought about before. So, and you kind of touched on that there and it's, that was like, okay, like I, 
I mean, I would definitely never want anybody to take their own life. Um, but that would be something that you said in there was that's between that individual person and their parents. And that's also something that I'm strongly about is like, hey, this is between the, the kid and the parents, like let them discuss this, let them do that and, and figure it out for themselves. So that makes a lot of sense, everything that you were sharing there. Yeah, I have a question about that, though, too, because now like schools are starting to get to the point where if a if a student tells a teacher that they want to be called a certain pronoun that the schools don't have to report it to the parents so you have kids possibly hiding these things from their parents listen okay and that is the one thing that i have when i say that it's between the kids and the parents because i do think and the reason why i say that is because having laws you know encompassing that where it takes that away from the parent I think is is not okay um but then I also know that there are parents who are not able to accept it and not able to um keep their child safe so if a kid is at school feeling safe enough to express that they want to be called a different pronoun um, but they're not willing or able to extend that to their family there might be a reason why and you have no way of knowing what that reason why is and like i understand the parents the idea of a parent being you know worried or um, not wanting their child to keep something from them but there's got to be safe places for kids and if school is safe enough that they're saying hey i i am this gender and not this other gender but home isn't safe enough um there's a reason why i i'm just gonna say it like that there is a reason why no i completely and, agree with what you're saying yeah and and maybe it's because, you know, there's a fear for that kid and the kid just hasn't been able to open that up to the parents yet. And there might not be an actual danger, um, but sometimes there is. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we, we make so many generalizations as a society. And it's like, generally speaking, I would lean towards, yes, the parents should know that. But there's always those cases. And it's like, when do you know? Like, do you know, cause you're right. Like maybe that kid goes home and they say that and they get the shit beat out of them or, right. you know, they're verbally abused or whatever it is. And it's just like, oh, there, there, it's like none of these big topics. It, like when I think about abortion, right. I'm like, none of it, there's no black and white. There's no like definitive line. Exactly. In my opinion, some people have their, like, it's absolutely wrong and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel that way. And again, it comes back to the point of, if you're not hurting me and I'm not hurting you, I, I think you're, you have the right to do what you want. I might have my own opinion on it and I might think one way, but that doesn't give me the right to tell you that you can't do that. And that's where I think we lose things as a society. It's like it, so many people are like, well, this is my way and that's the right way. And it's like, I, I just don't see it that way. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned mental health um, quite a few times and I'm just, in your opinion, I'm just asking for your opinion on this. What could we do better as a nation and a society to help somebody through this process? If, like if someone who, who wants to transition is coming out 
and they're, and they're saying that that's something they want to do. Like, what can we do to help them through that? It's a great question. You know, that is a great question. I've actually never been asked that one either. So, um, like, I'm a teacher and I have students who who are going through this. Like, it's happening. So, like, if, yes. what could I do? Okay. In that situation. Well, I tell you what, it, support um, in general. So, you know, just having it be valid and something that, like, honestly, not making it weird too, especially for kids. Like you, you're not going to want to sit that kid down and ask them a whole lot of questions about like what they're going through or what their experience is. Um, you're going to want to just be like, okay, cool. So I'm going to start using this name or, okay, cool. I'm going to start using these pronouns. Um, because I've experienced that too. I've worked within schools and um, I've had teachers come up to me and ask me like, how can I support this kid? And funny enough, um, there was one uh, particular kiddo who the, the teacher was concerned about, right? Because it was that scenario where um, they were out at school, but not at home. And um, same kind of well, they were born female and um, was, you know, came out of school as he, him. Um, and this particular teacher was like, hey, maybe you could um, go up to this kid and kind of like, you know, be maybe a mentor for them. And um, I was like, okay, you know, I, and honestly, one thing that um, I, I will say um, outing somebody to somebody else. And have you guys heard the term outing? I, I have not, but I, I think I know what you mean, but if you want to explain that just in case. Okay. Um, so say that I, I was not openly transgender. Mm -hmm. Um, I introduced myself as he, him, I introduced myself as Will. Um, but you knew that I was transgender and you went to um, a friend or you went to a colleague and you said to them, hey, um, just so you know, Will Willow is transgender. Um, that's called outing. So I didn't give that information freely. I didn't say that to that person um, because I could have met that person and them not realize that I was transgender. And, and for some of us, um, we are not openly, you know, we uh, are able to transition and live our lives in, you know, as the gender that uh, we are. Um, so this particular kiddo did not come out to me. Um, the teacher outed this kiddo to me so mm -hmm. that right there is is questionable like please don't do that so that's yeah. one way that you can support um because like if you have a kiddo that's um coming to you and sharing this information then you feel like a safe person um but you aren't necessary it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone you're going to say it to is safe um for that kiddo so, um, but what happened with the scenario is that I, I went to connect with this kiddo and they weren't interested at all. 
we're not interested in all. And what I discovered is because they already had someone at the school that they had developed a relationship that was male, that was, you know, their support system. And so they didn't need me just because I was transgender. So don't think that you necessarily need to have like another trans, just transgender person, you know, be there as a support. It's great. Uh, I think we need to be um, out there more so that kids see, you know, we can be successful, we can be a part of society. Um, but just you being that person that this kid is coming up to and saying, hey, this is who I am, um, and just accepting it like full heartedly, just like, okay, like literally just, okay, this is who you are. Um, and even, even for me, sometimes it's difficult to um, deal with changing pronouns um, because we get so used to using a particular pronoun. Um, so a, a word of advice for like, if you do like earlier, um, you know, say a pronoun and then I have to correct yourself. Just, just do that, just do quickly. Like um, she, it, just switch it over. Please, for me, um, I remember, I don't like overly apologetic things either because then it makes me feel like, again, we're calling too much attention to it. Like I'm just a human being, man. Like I just wanna live my life. Um, and at the end of the day, like you're gonna make a mistake, especially as we transition um, as a society into this idea that we're all valid um, and you can change, you know, your gender identity. Um, and, you know, I know people who have, uh, or, you know, gone between non-binary and gender as well. Um, and non-binary, I think, is, is something that's even more difficult for people to um, use terminology for, mm -hmm. right? And get a concept around. But I think that the more that we're accepting of the gender not being so black and white, um, like most things, I believe most things, you know, aren't black and white as well. And I think gender is definitely one of those. Yeah, something that I, I was, I've been taking notes just to make sure that I come back to questions and everything. Yeah. So, one, so obviously this is, we have, I forget the exact statistics, but I, I had seen it at one point where a, a much larger percentage of the United States population identifies as non-binary, like you mentioned, or transgender, something other than, you know, straight or is it straight, right? Or male or female, sorry. Um, do you think that it is because we are becoming more accepting as a society or is some of that influenced by society or maybe is it a combination of both? I'm just curious again for your opinion on that. Well, okay, you know, I'm never gonna be the type of person that's gonna be able to say like, I know the answer to this. Sure, sure. Um, but I think that it has way more to do with um, being levels of understanding as a society and more of us being able to connect with the experience of being um, outside of the gender black and white. Mm -hmm. um, it would be like, you know, previously we didn't have a lot of statistics in the past about being gay. Um, and now we have statistics on being uh, gay because we are able to talk about it, right? 
So um, being able to talk about it doesn't mean that more people are going to start identifying as it, right? Like people aren't going to suddenly start being gay just because someone introduces the concept. And I, I believe that that's the same with being transgender. I don't think that anyone just suddenly decides to, to jump on some kind of cultural bandwagon. And having, having the experience myself, it's not exactly something you choose because it's fun. Um, you know, it would be a lot easier, honestly, like societally speaking, um, and being out in the world, if um, I didn't have this experience. And let me explain that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I don't really change the way that I speak. I actually, I really enjoy my voice. Um, even though I know that it's not typical male. And so at this point in my life, I, I look like my facial, I look like a man. Um, what someone would just, you know, because a lot of people make very snap judgments, right? We, we, we make a lot of decisions based on what we can see initially. Um, but then I start speaking and uh, I get a lot of confused faces. Um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, if, and to experience that on like a daily basis, right, or have to be asked about your gender on a daily basis, that's not something that everyone experiences. Like, not everyone experiences having to explain their existence all the time. Um, so that makes life more difficult. It is. So no one's going to choose to make their life more difficult. They're just not. That was a great point. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic point. Yeah. And th that's exactly why we're having this conversation is to is to hear those perspectives and those stories as well. Randy, did you have something there? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, I have a few questions. Um, I guess like coming from West Virginia and and the relationships that you had growing up, like, do you still have relationships with the people that you grew up with? Like once you transitioned, did some people um, back away did some people were people okay with it like what was the experience like with that actually um the people that i actually connected with um so friends from school um things like that the, they're very supportive like i haven't had anyone completely cut me off that's um, awesome even like one of my um longtime friends military man as well um and you know very um politically just the opposite of, of what I am. We, we have loved our entire friendship just having debates, right? Um, we like doing that like um, disagreeing to agree kind of situation, like those different points and sides. Um, and once I came out, like that was something that we did was we, we debated the transgender experience and all of these different things. Um, and I, all of them, um, you know, they may not understand, um, but I don't know if they don't because no one has cut me off. No one has said like, oh, you're, this is too much for me, aside from my extended family. Um, but I, I personally, I kept myself away from that um, because I kind of already knew that a lot of uh, my life choices up until that point like they 
you know, disagreed with me leaving the church and things like that. So when I was very young, um, so I'd already kind of distanced myself from that particular um, group of people just knowing, um, but I had a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of people from high school and things like that, they, they just accepted it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very awesome. I have one last question, Randy, if you have anything else or Will, if you have anything you wanted to share too. Um, but so something that Randy and Brian and I have discussed previously is kind of like what it means to be a man in society. So for you personally, and again, this is just your opinion, your thoughts in your own words, what does it mean to be a man to you? And another big complicated question. You know <laughs> You know, what's funny about that question is that I actually thought about asking you that, um, what it means for you to be a man. Cause honestly, I, that's, I want to hear your answer first, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go ahead, Kyle? I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a hard one, right? Because I think that from a traditional definition standpoint, things have changed over time, right? You've heard that. I mean, there's the funny joke. <laughs> what was it um, in the Big Lebowski? Sorry, have you seen the Big Lebowski, yes. the movie, right? He's like, well, that and balls or something like that, right? So, you know, like we could joke around and say that it's a, a physiology thing. But for me, honestly, um, I think the biggest thing again, in my perspective, to be a man is to be somebody that is going to protect my family. So I maybe look at it almost as a um, primal type thing where, and not saying that, that females can't do that too. So if we look at it from a different perspective, if we look at a male and a female from like lion, like lions, right? The females are the ones hunting. The females are really the ones doing some of the more masculine things that we, my dryer is so loud. If you guys, heard that. <laughs> it's so loud. And my neighbor decided to cut his grass for the first time in a month right now. So of course, but yeah, I mean, I guess in my most basic thing, that's going to be somebody who stands up, not just protects a family, protects people um, in general. Like when I think about the movie American Sniper and Chris Kyle's story, the sheepdog, right? That's not somebody that's going to prey on other people. It's not somebody who's going to curl up in a ball when shit hits the fan. It's the people, it's the, it's a man that is going to stand up and protect that. And again, I'm not saying that it is strictly a masculine thing. There are plenty of women out there that can do that same thing. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of that is a protector, a provider. Um, again, not strictly a male thing, but again, those are the things that come to my head first. Yeah, I would say um, my definition of the like, I don't have an exact definition. And I feel like the way I was, I was raised and, and what I believe now are, are significantly are different because you have you have single moms out there who are playing both roles they're playing the male role and they're playing the female role and you like brian like he's a single dad right now and he's playing both roles he's he's got you got to have both you can't just be one or the other so so for me like i understand what kyle's saying with the protect your flock and you want to you want to protect your family but for me like there's a difference between being a man and being a good man and oh, i believe absolutely. yeah it's a huge difference and i think it's just you know I just want to be accepting. I want to be there for my kids, no matter what it is. And just 
like I don't have a an exact definition, I guess, of what of what being a, a man is. It's just be a good person, male or female, whatever that is. Be accepting. Um, be there for people. Be understanding. If you disagree, you can still be respectful. Like to me, those are important qualities in in any gender. Yeah. I also want to say too, and well, you, you mentioned this a couple of times is the masculine and female energy. Like everybody has times when they're in both of the, or one or the other of those things. Like we all have times where we're in a more feminine energy and we all have times when we're in a more masculine energy. Some of us, you know, lean one way or the other more often than not, you know what I mean? But um, you know, I've catch myself in that sometimes and, and I, I shouldn't say catch myself, but I'm much more aware of it now after reading some books like, um, hard or, uh, strong men create hard times. And I can't remember the author of that book. And that's an actual, it's like a poem, but there was a book on it as well. And I'm like, man, I'm like, there's some really good points in this book about the masculine and feminine energy and how we're all in both at, you know, certain points in time, depending on the situation, depending on what our partner needs, depending on what maybe our friend needs in that moment, you know, and I talk a lot about this a lot with my friend Lena, because it's so insightful to know when you're in either one or when you need to be in either one for the people around you as well. So I know those aren't exact definitions of, of <laughs> what that is, but I was just sharing the first things that came that come to my mind when I when I think of that. I think it's funny that yeah. you said that because I think like there's times where I'm like, let's go out and, and shoot guns and watch movies where they blow shit up. And like I tell my kids sometimes like, hey, just suck it up. You're not injured. But then I'll put on like P.S. I love you and, and get a good cry in <laughs> when I'm watching it. So, <laughs> so oh, one time when we were when Randy and I were at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. So we were there for our advanced individual training for the Army. That's actually Randy and I met just shortly before that. And then we went to training together. There was probably what, like 10 of us in our barracks watching PS. I love yeah. you on a, on a laptop. <laughs> so you had, you had like 10 army dudes there for training, watching PS. I love you. And it's just, it's such a good movie. And it actually is it movie. is right. So yeah. Before we, before we switch it back over to you. So I have a question for both of you, the notebook or PS. I love you. Which one, which one's better? Oh, P.S. I love you. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a Gerard Butler fan, so I'm a I'm a Ryan Gosling guy, and and uh, Rachel McAdams. Like, I love Rachel McAdams in that movie. P.S. I love you is fantastic, but I just I just something about the dynamic between Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling in that movie is just those are completely different but, movies, man. One was where someone dies and they're trying yes. to move on, and, and the other one both yeah. love stories. You pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but one okay but one p.s i love you and it, it, that love story i cried the entire time i mean so it, it, when it comes to a movie if you can make me cry like an entire movie then you've got my heartstrings but the other one you know there's some positivity there like the, you That's know true. there's some fun to the movie um at the end of the notebook though when they die together i cry like i cry a lot almost every time I watch that part but the two movies that have made me cry harder than on any other when I was a kid Terminator 2 at the very end when he goes into like the molten metal and he's given the thumbs up I just I just I cry at that part oh and then, I love that yeah and then Marley and me I yeah, that, cried that like a, a little kid when I was when I saw that movie. I, I've never watched it again. I saw it in the theaters and I was like I'm never watching that movie again. It was the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, but anyway so 
<laughs> back to the we got we we tend to get sidetracked a lot. Yeah. That was um, I love it, no. <laughs> yeah, so would you be um open to sharing your perspective on that question? Yeah, and so that's that's really what energy is really what I've I've, I've come to to really um have my understanding be more than anything else. Um because the physical or the even the little boxes or the boxes that we put ourselves in as male versus female. Um I just don't accept that anymore and for me it really is an energy thing and and there are some times when it, my, I myself or again, you know, tap into that more feminine energy and everyone does. Everyone does you know, and it, it doesn't matter about what the physical aspects of it are, what you were born as, or even what you like and dislike. Like those things are, at the end of the day, they really don't matter that much. Um, but we, you know, there are different, there are more masculine things like, and I agree with you, like being that stand up and protect um, your family um, and, or where the more feminine energy comes in being that that mothering the soother the you know that um aspect and so for those of us who um identify on that more masculine energy that's what makes us more masculine that's what makes us more male and so it's um you know you can think of it like a spectrum you know and and that spectrum can move as well like depending on the situation that you're in depending on what you need to do and um how you're needing to to show up in this world um so energy is definitely where my definition of it comes from and that so makes, I, yeah that's a good your 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 answer was better than mine <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's good i mean i think i was trying to get there you know what i mean but i i guess i should say the words that you're using are much more concise yeah. and easy to understand I've, I've had a lot of experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's mean, because honestly, uh, people that's don't a, ask us that question a lot. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've never been asked that question before. Like, no one's that's ever true. asked me that. That's true. Other than Randy and Brian and I, we haven't even. I should. I should clarify too. That was a podcast topic that we have on the list. Like, we haven't actually done that yet. Um, so I'm glad that you turned that and asked us that question because it it really forced us to think through that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm... I... Go ahead. No. I was going to uh, just say, um, so before we get off here, I want to make sure we get this part out there. If, if there's someone out there that that's in their mind, like they know, they know, but they're afraid to, to be out there with it. Like what advice would you give them? Stand in your energy, stand in it. I know it's scary. Um, it really is. It's scary, especially seeing the messages in the media and things like that. And um, it, you can be afraid of putting yourself up there to being vulnerable. Um, but being able to live your truth and being able to live who you truly are, um, there's such power and value in that. Um, even though I, I do have to like explain my existence quite a lot, you know, I have to, to deal with people asking me what my pronouns are when most people don't, um, at the end of the day, I, I can, I don't know, I, it, I can stand up and be, and just feel like I'm living who I am. Um, whereas 
before was a perpetual like questioning like um just not feeling it's almost like a resistance um and i know that there are some places that it's safer than others to to come out with but every every time that someone is brave enough to make a change like that or brave enough to be authentic it ripples out into the world i believe that um so for everyone who's afraid of creating that ripple um i think it's important i think that every single change that we see um is a light and everyone has a light if that makes sense <laughs> you know yeah. i i be believe you have a light inside of you um and we can dim that by not being able to be who we are um so um be brave it's worth it no, like I, that I love that yeah and i think that's good advice for anybody like no matter what you're going through that's something that i've experienced myself as of recently it was like i never really knew who i was and i really had to tap into that authenticity that you mentioned and the more authentic that i become uh, the better I feel, the more happy I am. And uh, another thing that you said in there was like, we all have that light. And I believe that if there are people that you're surrounding yourself with that force you to dim that light, they're not the right people to have in your circle. Like you should all be able to shine together and be able to share in that. And you shouldn't have to dim who you are in order to make other people happy. So agreed. I like that. Agreed. And that's that's another thing too that can be kind of scary is that that you asked me if like people fell away and things like that. Um so at the end of the day, I believe that anyone who's not a part of my life, it that's okay. Um and if they were to have left, like and it can be scary to think that you're gonna be left alone. But um because the, the good thing about social media is like this, you know while it can be very disconnecting um it can be connecting as well you can find you're not alone um and just because maybe who you're surra surrounded with at this particular moment is trying you know is not able to see your light and value it doesn't mean there aren't people out there who will i absolutely love that so we're coming up against this. So it's almost 1230 here. So Randy, anything else that you had? I no, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us and just having this conversation because I mean, I yeah. learned a lot just through the hour we sat here and talked. Yeah, absolutely Thanks. incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, and maybe, th maybe there's another time we could do this again, but, but I just like, I can't thank you enough and thank you for being your authentic self. Thank you for coming on and being so open and sharing your story. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, I've really enjoyed it and yeah, anytime we can keep it going. Awesome. Absolutely. Randy. Bye. Hey, everybody, if you like what you heard today, please check us out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And don't forget to head to Eventbrite and grab one of the 10 tickets available for our monthly Ideal Connect call. Then when you're ready to take the next step, message us on any of our social media pages to book a free coaching consultation call to see how we can help you start living your own ideal life. Thanks again for all of your love and support. And always remember, you have everything you need to achieve success. It's just a matter of believing.